the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. If you live in California in 2022, and I think that's most of us on this uh, show, do you have the constitutional right to bear arms? Does the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution apply in California? And how do recent court decisions and recent legislation, what impact does that have? We have a real expert on all things firearms with us today, Michael Schwartz, Executive Director of San Diego County Gun Owners Association. Michael founded it in 2015. It's really grown to quite a force. Um, They have, according to their website, they have four primary goals. One, Second Amendment advocacy at the county and the municipal level. Second, gun community organizing. Third, fundraising, which is critical for all activist groups. And number four, working with the San Diego gun industry to do items one, two, and three. So you've gotten a lot of people involved. We want to hear more about your organization. Welcome, Michael, to our show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. So, Michael, um, it's been seven years or so now since you started this. What are a few of the achievements that that you are most proud of over that time? And and uh, secondly, I'd like you to comment on what is the what is the status of the right to bear arms in San Diego County today versus seven, ten, twenty years ago? Because I know we have a lot of you have a lot of opposition to deal with. Yeah, well, we have uh, we have a lot of achievements that I'm really really proud of. From you know the fact that we have uh, close to 3,400 members, um, we have a, uh, a Second Amendment celebration dinner uh, once a year that we had. We've had close to a thousand people attend. We have a women's program called Not Me, where we pair women up with uh, trained volunteers who are also women. Uh, if to any woman who wants a firearm, wants training, wants a CCW or any one or two of those three things, we, we get a volunteer to walk her through the entire process. It's not just information on a pamphlet or a website. It's actually a hands-on volunteer-driven uh, program. We've gotten a lot of people elected. We have our own radio show, Gun Owners Radio. We, a lot of accomplishments, but I think the one that we're most known for and that people are uh, uh, probably the biggest one was the fact that you really couldn't get a carry permit to carry a firearm outside of your home for, for self-defense um, at all for decades. But, you know, it's really up to the sheriff. Uh, it was up to the sheriff whether or not he was going to issue. And we put a ton of political pressure on the previous sheriff and got him to change his policy. So for the first time in decades, 
people could get a pair of, uh, if they could pass the background check and, you know, take the class, pay the fee, then they could get a carry permit. And we've helped thousands of people get a carry permit. I think that's the one we're, we're most known for. And honestly, that's the one that really showed that a local activist group like ours that concentrates on, you know, city councils and county board and sheriff, there are a lot of great organizations that, that focus on federal and state, but we decided, hey, you know what, we're going to focus on Main Street rather than Sacramento or Washington, D.C. So that really showed that that model works and that we could really, truly move mountains and that it's important to focus on these local boards and councils that have a huge, huge, tremendous impact on your daily life. So probably that CCW. Uh, that's a huge, is, is that's a huge, huge achievement, Michael. And one of the things, many things I like about even the issue of concealed carry is I think it helps educate the public that, you know, a lot of times liberals say, well, gun, they, they talk as if guns are only needed if you want to go hunting. And they definitely intentionally avoid the very important area of self-defense, which we're going to talk a little bit more also in this show today. But concealed carry is not to go hunting, right? It's to protect oneself and perhaps other innocent folks. So, Well, and- well the, entire, the entire Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting. You know, back when it was written, hunting was, uh, you know, it, it was like going to the refrigerator, you know, it was to put right. food on the table. Right. The Second Amendment codifies and protects the natural right of self-defense uh, and the most effective uh, tool for self-defense ever created is a firearm. So that's why they said, Hey, you have to, in order to accomplish self-defense, you have to be able to own firearms. You know, they just fought a war um, and won. Um, you know, they didn't just go hunting. They just fought a war. So it was, it's absolutely about self-defense. Right. right. Well, I am very interested in the gun safety for women. And I had, took a class recently myself and well, um, you know, we know that the Supreme Court has just ruled on the whole issue of concealed carry permits. They were, they said that in New York that you can't probe into the reason that you need a concealed carry anymore. Uh, that that law is unconstitutional. So, how is that going to affect things here in California? You've already made a lot of progress in the local authorities be you know issuing concealed carry permits uh, uh, by political pressure but now isn't the legislature coming back with more anti-gun regulations and and laws and so how is the supreme court affecting us here in California the Good question be- before i answer though i want to answer that second question you asked about the status of the second amendment in san diego yeah and i'm really proud to say i mean there there're definitely some obstacles that we are definitely working hard to overcome so we're nowhere near where we should be um and we're working on that and that's always going to be a fight so i don't want people to think that i'm anywhere near satisfied with the current state of uh, gun ownership in san diego or in california but what I am very proud of is that in San Diego, more people own firearms, more people carry firearms legally for self-defense, more people train with firearms, more people run for office because of firearms, more people vote based on Second Amendment issues than ever before. There are more news stories that are positive about firearms ownership than ever before, and that's thanks to San Diego County gun owners. Great. And that's how you... Slowly, you know, it's, it feels slowly, but that's how you change a culture. I mean, 
in just seven years, we've done a ton to help change the culture, which I believe will will lead to changing, uh, you know, public policy and changing the politics as well. And we need that more um, than ever with all the crime that's happening and the, the increase in the crime uh, ever since COVID, especially, and with the Biden administration. So I'm, I'm well, really happy I, I get to hear the, that. I agree. It's, it's, it's really kind of an interesting thing. You know, the, when there is an increase in crime and there are, there's always the increase or not, there's always the existence of crime. Um, and you know, the anti-gun side say, Hey, you know, crime exists or crime is increasing. Therefore we need to take away firearms. And the pro gun side says, no, no, no. Or the pro second amendment side, I should say says, no, no, no crime exists or crimes increasing give us the tools to protect ourselves against it. And it's a really in- interesting philosophical difference. You know, the reality is both sides are trying to get to the same uh, goal, which is, you know, safety. Um, but they, we have extremely different views on how to get there. And I think that, uh, you know, our side, fortunately, has statistics, has science, has philosophy, has history, and has the law and the Constitution on our side. So that's it's always a very, very interesting debate. Um, uh, but the you're asking about the the Supreme yeah. You just Court have to case. keep educating people all the time. Yeah. When right. you but, what was your yeah. reaction when you had that uh, Supreme Court decision come across? Well, it's it's the best Supreme Court decision uh, as far as the Second Amendment goes that I've ever seen. It's mm-hmm. you know back in 2008 there was the Heller versus DC decision, which was at the time the biggest and best. And we were very happy with it. But to be honest with you, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of gun activists kind of went, eh, you know, in private conversations, we'd kind of go, eh, could have been better, <laughs> could have been better, you know, and uh, this one is outstanding. I mean, it really, truly kind of cuts uh, all the, the the silliness out of it and says, no, folks in, in America have the right, the natural right to protect themselves. They need to be able to uh, keep and bear arms. They need to be able to own and carry firearms. Now, specifically, the the Bruin case, B-R-U-E-N, out of New York, did two things. The most immediate and obvious thing is it got rid of subjective requirements to uh, in order to get a, a carry license. In California, you had to provide proof of good cause, and we pretty much uh, navigated that, so it really wasn't even a hurdle. You, you really just had to write down 13 sentences that kind of describes, you know, what you do on a daily basis. And you were getting your CCW. They really stopped denying people based on, on good cause. We'd, we'd pretty much solved that problem, but now you don't even have to write the 13 sentences. You know, everybody was getting their permit. Everybody's still getting their permit. You don't, but now you don't even have to write those, those 13 sentences, that proof. You don't have to provide that proof of good cause. Uh, So that's wonderful. I got rid of that subjective, in effect, it kind of turned into this creative writing process. It was like this kabuki theater. It really was meaningless. But now it's completely gone in all 50 states, in all 58 counties of California. The Supreme Court has ruled no more subjective requirements. That's the most obvious and, uh, you know, kind of day-to-day um, effect. But the, the other thing that the Supreme Court did is it's mandated that, that judges, when they're ruling on Second Amendment cases or cases that have to do with firearms, they have to look at the at the at the text, and they have to look at the history and tradition. Basically, they have to go back to the original meaning. What was actually the intent of the Second Amendment, for example? Um, and the intent of the Second Amendment was for you know people who live in America to be able to own firearms, to carry firearms for self defense, for you know against criminals, 
against tyranny, against foreign invasion. Um, that was the point. And, and we got to get back to that. No more of this, like, well, this firearm's okay, but that firearm's not okay. And this one looks scary, so we get to ban it, but that one doesn't look so scary, so we're not going to ban it. No more of this. Uh, they're very, very clear that uh, um, that uh, those kind of laws are are, just, are are unconstitutional. So, and this case didn't solve the problem overnight. What it did is it gave us an enormous tool to be able to solve the problem over time. So, you're going to see over the next five to ten years a lot of victories in a lot of courtrooms that are going to uh, get rid of a lot of, uh, especially California's dumb gun laws. Great. Well, we have heard from other gun owners and through the through the discussions that we've had that the left is not going to accept this though very easily and they're they already are trying to pass a lot of laws in California to that don't go along with the Supreme Court decision and they're just trying to put on the restrictions again but they won't stand up in court would you agree with that I do agree the biggest first off I, I want to make just a minor point um, but I think it's an important point by and large, um, the, 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 the gun laws that are being passed that are, that are ridiculous are people that tend to be politically left, tend to be Democrat. Totally agree. By and large, the people that stand up against it tend to be on the right side of the political spectrum, tend to be Republicans. But I got to say, one of the things I've learned in my seven years of doing this professionally is those meanings are, are though those terms are almost completely meaningless when it comes to the Second Amendment. I fight with Republicans. I fight with self-proclaimed conservatives because they support horrible restrictive gun laws. I side with, uh, I've, I've sided with, you know, uh, liberal or progressive Democrats who are very supportive of gun laws. Uh, I have just completely stopped using those terms because people that tell me, I've had people that tell me I'm a conservative Republican and then they support, you know, gun violence restraining orders or assault weapon bans or magazine bans. It's, it's, I've completely thrown that terminology out of my daily life. It doesn't. Hmm. It doesn't help me in any way. Um, you, you know, if, either, going along with what you're saying, a few years ago we took a vacation back to Vermont, which politically is one. You know, that's the Bernie Sanders state. That's one of the most far left, maybe even a little bit farther left in California. But their gun laws are almost non-existent. They have some of the freest. Yeah. <laughs> Pro Second Amendment, and it goes back. Let's face it; they were they've been around a long time, back back to the time of the Constitution. But anyway, they have most of the uh, some of the most pro Second Amendment policies you're going to find anywhere. Well, and I want well, to mention that. Uh, well, okay, sure. go ahead and go and go ahead and comment, <clears throat> and then I, I got I another just, question. I, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just yeah. the reason it's important is is you as voters. You know, when it comes to election season, you're going to get Republicans who are going to tell you they're conservative, and you're going to automatically assume they're pro-Second Amendment, and it's just not true. The, the biggest reason and the, uh, that we exist is because, you know, you get these folks that kind of talk out of both sides of their mouth and don't stand for, the, for, for what you think they stand for. They don't stand for the platform that the Republicans claim to stand for. So that's why we produce a voter guide. That's why we thoroughly vet candidates, and that's why I don't even ask, we don't even ask, are you a Republican or a Democrat? We don't care. It's got no meaning. We ask, you know, where do they stand on Second Amendment issues specifically? Um, that's why that's important. Well, I think that sometimes Christians even get confused on the principles involved in self-defense and Second Amendment. You know, we are nonviolent 
unless it is appropriate, unless it's really called for. Um, and that, and one of the situations where it is, is where you are being attacked. Uh, but it's even in the Bible, it's in New Testament, when Jesus is saying, you know, in Luke 22, verse 36, he's sending out his missionaries to go to people and make disciples. And he says, but now, he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a nep- likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So he's actually telling them to arm themselves against attackers, against robbers, or anyone that would that was causing danger on those roads that they had back in those times. So it's right in the Bible that we have not only the right but the moral obligation to to defend ourselves and defend the defenseless. You know, those that are weaker than themselves, our own family, our own children. Um, so uh, there is a right, there is a moral obligation even, wouldn't you say that? Absolutely. You know, I uh, uh, what you're really dealing with is your your ability to use lethal force against somebody. And in no situation, you don't use lethal force to settle an argument. You don't use lethal force to stop somebody from taking your TV you know, to protect property or protect your your uh, your belongings, the only acceptable use of lethal force is to uh, uh, defend a life. When your life or someone else's life is in danger, is the only acceptable time to use lethal force. I'm, you know, I'm a big gun guy. I advocate for it for a living. I've started an organization because it's that important, and I'm as pacifist as they as they come. I got to tell you, um, you know, I'm I'm. I'm extremely pro-life in in, in uh, every sense of the word. Well, and, I, uh, I have a question, yeah. uh, and that is, when if so, if there's an intruder in your home, and may, maybe they break in in the middle of the night, and you don't know who they are, that you don't know what they're doing, how do you know that they don't have a gun that they're going to pull on you? And so, is it legal to to brandish a gun at them in California? Because that's what we learned in Delaware is that. Lots of times, if you just brandish a gun, they will run away. Um, so, so I, I'm so kind of confused on that. That's an excellent question, but it's a huge question, and there's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts in that question. And there's two real questions. Is it legal? Is it moral? So if someone breaks into your house, generally, and I, there's a lot of variables, so I can't say that this is for sure, and I'm not a lawyer, this is not legal advice, but if someone breaks into your house, legally, it's basically assume, you know, if they force their way into your home, your castle, um, it's assumed they're not there to do something. It's assumed they're there to hurt you, you know, to, to cause severe harm. Um, so legally, if someone has broken into your home and you use lethal force on them in most situations, you're probably legally justified. But is it moral? You know, what if, uh, you know, if it, you know, who is the person and what are they really trying to do? We assume they're a burglar. How do we know they're a burglar? Is it a mistake? You know, is it somebody who, who knows? Um, it's yeah. extremely difficult. It's, it's a very, very at lethal forces, as big a deal as it gets. It's as big a deal as it gets. It is. I hope and, that in the, yeah. like if we were ever, or if I was ever in that situation, I've not been in that situation, but I would hope that I'd have the presence of mind to, uh, First of all, give a warning of some sort and not just, uh, you know, not just start shooting. I, I don't think I'd do that. But I could see where in if someone's really 
you know, let's face it, woken up in the middle of the night by someone crashing around, that that could be a very scary thing. And I hope that the person being invaded would, you know, have presence of mind. Well, that's, that's what the police do. They say, stop. I, I, and, and, they, and they have the gun and they, you know, hold your, hold your hands up. You know, this, you're, under, you're under the law right here. Stop in the name of the law. <laughs> there you go, you Kath. Know. You got it down. I well, got to ask Michael. I, 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 Michael, we're not going to have time to sure. get everything, and I really want to sure. ask you. You're not going to have as much time as you did when I saw you the other night to answer this, but who do you support for sheriff and why? Just try to give a succinct uh, point yeah. on that. Absolutely. 100% we support uh, Kelly Martinez. She's the current undersheriff. She's been extremely helpful with CCWs, uh, transitioning, getting them issued. Uh, she's been extremely responsive. She's got an, a, an enormous resume. She's been with the sheriff's department. She's worked in every facet, every little, you know, every leadership job, um, every line job in, in the sheriff's department. She's been there for over like 35, 36 years. We really, truly have an opportunity to elect a very competent uh, uh, deputy to become sheriff, uh, and I, we, I couldn't be happier with this endorsement. Kelly Martinez has been wonderful, whether you're a gun owner or not, whether the Second Amendment is important to you, um, you know, like I'm sure it is all your listeners, you know, this is the person to vote for, Kelly Martinez. We've well, met her thoroughly. I've been working with her. can't tell you how proud I am to endorse her. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm not going to say publicly whether I agree or disagree, but I appreciate you you carry a lot of weight with that. So we'll certainly uh, certainly keep that in mind. I want to pivot over to another point that you briefly touched on when you talked about the Supreme Court decision and giving the whole background and underpinning, really, of our Second Amendment. And one of the things you mentioned was the word tyranny. And I found a great quote from James Madison, who probably contributed more to the creation of the U.S. Constitution than anybody else, and he wrote the Federalist Papers. So in the Federalist Papers is this quote, Americans have the right and advantage of being armed, unlike the citizens of other countries whose governments are afraid to trust the people with arms. I'll tell you, I think that could have been written in 2022. It was actually written in 1788, and one other factoid, about 47% of the U.S. population is now estimated to own a fire, at least one firearm. And in total, the people, the citizens, own approximately 300 million individual weapons. So, you know, isn't, uh, Michael, isn't gun ownership on that broader level a deterrent to would-be tyrants? In it, it, we've we've had about five thousand years of written human history, and in most of that human history, the biggest, baddest, uh, you know, most evil person in the village got to do whatever they wanted to whoever they wanted. Your your true natural right for self defense has really only existed for a couple hundred years, and that's because that's when a portable firearm was was really available and and invented you know and, and it's gotten better and better with every decade that passes you know a a 90 pound uh you know uh inexperienced uh you know person can can effectively defend themselves against a 250 pound mma champion navy seal thanks to <laughs> that's quite a, that's quite a picture a mental yeah. picture yeah <laughs> 
but it, and it's really yeah. truly it's it's David against Goliath, and David can win thanks to the firearm. And in that 200-year history, we've formed a government, we've formed a country that uh, protects people's rights. We've seen the rights of women and minorities, and uh, you know the individual rights have flourished, and that's not a coincidence. It's thanks to your ability to effectively defend yourself. That is very well put. That's a great... Yes. That's so important. Um, well, we've really learned a lot today. We are thanking you. Do you have any other th- last comments how once again how can people support your group um, you bet i encourage just, everybody to go to san diego <laughs> county gun san diego county gun check out our website consider becoming a member i i i promise you it's going to be the most effective ten dollars you're going to spend all month it's just ten dollars a month to be a member or a hundred dollars per year if you want to pay it all at once get involved you know give us a year give us one year come to some meetings uh, check us out, but uh, we really do are doing effective work, and I think you're gonna you're gonna love what we have to say. We're so happy that you were joining us today. We've learned a lot. We've learned about the Supreme Court decisions. We've learned about uh, what citizens can do, the right to bear arms, and how important it is. And you know, one uh, other thing you've just, taught us, Michael. We do have to say goodbye. But you know, one other thing you've taught us. I think you've set a model for all conservative activist groups the way you just you started this by yourself and look what you've built it into in seven years and you raise funds and you get local volunteers i think that's a model and an example to all of us that have you know various freedom organizations we're involved in so thanks so much and look forward to having you again on our show in the future thank you guys both to bless your neighbor think about our right to bear arms our right to self-defense and to defend the defenseless get involved in the san diego gun owners association to preserve our republic our freedom yes we have this right because of the constitution and our forefathers and it is very important so to bless your neighbor do that and we'll talk to you next week join us next saturday at noon for biblical citizen let's roll Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 